0: So, do you use that argument that I'm just not good at that? Get off my back. Do you use that? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't think you'd D- find uh, much success <laughs> in that. I'm going to try that. Like,
1: she's mad at you about something planning I'm just wise. She's not good and, at
2: doing the dishes.
0: So, <laughs>
1: would you just be like, you know, this isn't hey, my man, gift? If you break enough, right, hey, she won't ask you to no. do them.
3: Hey, now, no, hey. I, I broke do all dishes. of your mugs. I'm so I sorry. I do dishes. <laughs> I do dishes.
1: All right. The spark of conflict. So when it starts is when different people want different things. At this stage, there's no sin unless what you want is sinful. But then what happens next in this progression is that the gasoline of conflict is when differences get worse because sinful selfishness and pride drive our reactions. So just because there's a conflict doesn't mean there's sin. But if you respond in a selfish or prideful way to the situation, sin has entered in. Hello there, welcome back to Pastors of
3: the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, and it's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. And together, as we sit around the table, we want to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Uh, sitting around the table with me today are the pastors of the roundtable, Tim Icoangeli, lead pastor of MNBC, Scott Slater, family pastor here, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at the church. So we've been going through a series here on marriage and family, having conversations about uh, various aspects of uh, of what it looks like to, to live a godly marriage and to uh, have a have a
1: family as Christians. Uh, Pastor Scott, would you like to lead us off into the next topic that we'll be talking about today? Yeah. So the next thing uh, that uh, we're wanting to talk about that if we were sitting down with a couple that was about to get married, doing some premarital counseling, one of the things that we would talk about is communication with each other. And Part of communication is knowing how to communicate effectively and helpfully, specifically in the midst of conflict, when there's conflict going on in your marriage. There's other aspects of communication. There's health, healthy communication that you should be doing that's not necessarily focused on conflict, but this is the one that I think really gets people a lot of times. So we're, that's kind of what I think would be helpful uh, to talk about. Uh, so I guess... I want to start this off by asking you guys, what's the biggest conflict that you can remember in your marriage? Unless there's still open wounds about it, then we don't need to talk about it. But because, and I, I want to ask this, because of all the the topics, I mean, this whole series on marriage as we're talking about this, I think makes all of us a little uncomfortable as we're trying to talk about it, because we're talking about the ideal Some of the things that you should be doing, or this is how it should be handled, or this is what you should believe. This is how you should approach your marriage. And all of us fall short of that. I can tell you, I definitely fall short when it comes to handling conflict. Oftentimes when there's conflict in our marriage, it's usually because of something I have done, or something I've said. Alicia says that often. She does, and she's completely justified in saying that. You know, she's, she's a very godly woman. And I have to recognize that often. But, yeah, I mean, can you guys think of a particular time in your marriages where you've had to really work through some conflict? Hmm. I mean, I guess
3: this is going to be really revealing, but we always have some form of conflict at some time, you know, to varying degrees. So I guess because we're two different people and we have, uh, you know, we – I guess, you know, like that, I guess it's, you know, we deal with it to to greater or lesser degrees, Um, I guess. um, And it happens around all sorts of, you know, I mean, different topics, you know, maybe it would be the children, how to raise them or whose responsibility it was to do this or that, Mm. or what are your expectations for... I don't know, this day or planning things, you know, like, and everyone's personality is going to be different. So, like, in our family, I'm, I am not a planner. I don't plan stuff. Courtney's the planner. So, like, I, I just have never been involved in like organizing and things like that. It's just not what I'm good at. She's good at that. Like, she's interested in that aspect of things. So, sometimes that's, that's just how you personally deal with things, your strengths, your weaknesses. And, um, and that creates conflict in, in your marriage or differences or friction. And I think the, the, the reality is, is it's not like the ha- that friction may or may not come. It is going to come, and mm-hmm. it's probably going to come every single day and mm-hmm. some level. It may not be a huge blow up, hope not, but it's going to be there at some level uh, because as long as you're still on this earth, you're still sinners, and so there's going to be some friction. But then how you deal with that every day <sighs> Um, So do you use that
0: argument that I'm just not good at that? Get off my back. Do you use that? Yeah. I don't think you. Does much that work? In that. I'm gonna try that. Like, she's
1: mad at you about something. Planning I'm just not good and... at
0: doing the dishes. So, <laughs> would you just be like, you know, this isn't hey, my man. gift.
1: If you break in right. them, she won't ask you to no. do them.
3: Hey, now, no. hey, I, I do, broke do all dishes. of your mugs. I'm so I sorry. I do dishes. I do dishes.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. So
0: yeah, no, I don't know. I think uh... I've had that conversation in mind. Like, we can't use that as an excuse. Yeah. Like, I'm not good at this, therefore you can't get mad at me at that. Well, no, we should get better at it, right? We should try to achieve that. I was just wondering if that worked. Mm -hmm. Does it work uh now do i use it or does it
3: work (laughs) all right enough said (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i'm just trying to use filler words you know what i mean you're trying to put up a little bit of a it's kind of like auctioneering right you got a bunch of filler words in between that's what i do i just try to if i load this real quick something's gonna stick Uh, wow that uh, i think ours is (laughs)
0: funny similar though like I, it's hard to think of like one conflict that was just like this huge deal. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember a time maybe early I, I this has never happened again where she didn't like talk to me for 2 days, but I couldn't re- I can't tell you what it was. I don't know if I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um but it seems to be like ongoing things that you just don't get past. That's the most annoying. And I think the, Spencer used a word expectations would pretty much cover all of them. So whether we're arguing about roles you know who's doing more you know like i'm i feel like i'm pulling 95 percent of this train right now mm-hmm. you know you're five you need to pick it up yeah. and that goes both ways at yeah. times and mm-hmm. but there's different expectations of what the workload is usually yeah. is what you find out you know yeah. and yeah it's just those ongoing conflicts <clears throat> that you think after we've been married like Seventeen years or almost eighteen years, something like that, you would think you'd be past those things, and it you're just not, you're just not <laughs>
2: uh, those are the conflicts that are coming to my mind mm. yeah i'm kind of with you, Scott. Most of the problems are my. Pretty much me not doing something. I'm not willing to admit that. Yeah, I know. I'm
3: I mean, yeah, no. no, no. I, think, I think we've both been married over a decade, so it's like I'm not willing to do that. You know, oh like, yeah. Apparently, we haven't learned yet. man. Yeah. We've given up too much ground. Oh gosh. You'll find some. You'll find. Believe me, you'll see something wrong. Go ahead. Oh my
2: gosh. Yeah, most of it was to do with like you know helping out hannah with housework and stuff and like i i hate doing dishes she hates doing dishes like it was i mean it was a big thing it was a big fight for us a struggle for us like who's doing the dishes and like you know feelings got hurt and all that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. um just buy paper plates problem solved so okay yeah so yeah so we went through all that kind
1: of
2: stuff <laughs> Why don't we just buy paper really? really you all went that far I did for sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, I don't like doing dishes What
1: that a much. bum.
0: <laughs> Why do we need plates?
1: <laughs> just hold your food. Hey, there's some countries that do that. Yeah, just throw yeah. it right here in my palm. <laughs> yeah.
2: Mashed potatoes. Eat right. everything on an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, okay, dishwasher or no dishwasher, it doesn't help. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I still don't like touching dirty dishes. I, I don't know what it is. But, anyways, and it's not just the dishes, it's, you know, vacuuming, it's, you know, making sure that you're. You know, putting your dirty clothes in a dirty clothes hamper, you know, and not just laying your stuff all over the floor, which I still do, (laughs) you know, and I... I don't think 17 years is g- probably going to change <laughs> much of that. Sorry, I mean, you to, Hannah.
1: We have a few We're more years alive. of purgatory to go through. So, so I mean, this is
2: like 25 years of habits here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, um,
0: as I said earlier, though, we do try to get better.
2: Oh yeah. No, okay. All right. No, if you, not if you're yeah. in the mate's house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if you talk to Hannah, if you talk to Hannah, she'll say I've gotten a lot better. So I, all right, Right, And We're I have no her. doubt you can ask her. She' will um, be our guest I mean on the next some podcast. of that stuff <laughs> some of that stuff had to do with you know just uh, like mental stuff that I had going on and some, I guess I'll just say medical problems. Mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> but like, yeah, sometimes I'm even so uh, tunnel visioned around what I want to do then I'm not even, like, what she needs done or what, need, you know, the greater need of the house, you know, keeping your household, like, that doesn't even cross my mind. <clears throat> and, like, right now, I I know she's being super patient with me because I'm, I'm, she doesn't, neither of us like the way our kitchen looks, so we're kind of doing some reno. Uh, so, mm-hmm. like, new countertops, and we pulled out some cabinets because we had, like, a raised oven, and we didn't like it because you can't fit a full pan, a cookie sheet in there. Yeah, so it's like small. It's like right. A, yeah, I'm not sure if I can. Ours say way. this, but it's a midget oven. <laughs> you know how like, offensive. Yeah, <laughs> sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> I might edit that out. <laughs> could have just said small oven.
0: But it's just yeah.
1: <laughs> it got to be a midget? <laughs> Why can't yeah. it be dwarf?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a small oven. <laughs> um, so yeah, we. I mean, we ripped that stuff out. We got a. We got a full oven range thing and and i have been i've been working on these countertops and i'm like i'm literally making them so like i bought lumber and now i'm like edging edging the edges so that i can glue them up into a you know a bigger countertop and like i'm spending a lot of time doing this and i know she's having patience with me and i know it's something that she wants to get done as well but still, like we're not spending a lot of time together because I'm in the garage,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> pretty much most
1: yeah, of the day. It's the circumstances of life so, so causing yeah. tension. Yeah, in a relationship. exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess what it is is like when, like, I have a timer on my watch that goes off at eight, and like when that goes off, like I am cleaning up in the garage and I'm going inside. Mm. So that we can at least spend a little bit of time together before she goes to bed That's a good practice. at around nine. That's so good. That's good. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, that, that stuff has always, has always been a conflict. And, and I mean, I will, I will say that it's gotten better in the past year. But like, yeah, the first couple, first couple, two, two or three years, it was pretty brutal.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think something about your story. Well, Matt. I'll say,
2: it was a brutal realization for myself. Yeah. And it was very humbling mm-hmm. to see like to see uh for it to be pointed out to me that you know I'm not really doing anything. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, to yeah. help around. So yeah.
1: Well, I think something about your story Matt that we might get into a little bit is there are particular seasons <clears throat> of your married life that will be more prone to conflict than others. Like if there's a, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just not doing my kitchen. I'm doing my basement right now. And so my weekends are largely dedicated to working in my basement. Same thing, though. I'm not able to spend time with my wife during the day or with the kids very much. Sometimes Nolan can come down and help me. But that's a season that, if I'm not careful, can develop into conflicts just because the circumstances of life are making assumptions that we're making, so I think Tim had mentioned expectations and assumptions, mm-hmm. makes it easier for those things to get misread, yeah. misunderstood. And another season like that you guys are in on top of that is Hannah's pregnant yeah. right now, right? right. And yep. so like yep. that, there's things that are going on that make it even more challenging. Yep. <laughs> for sure. So that happens too. So I guess I should go. Uh, mine is a little more, uh, I do have a specific story. It's not the biggest fight we've probably ever had, but like you, Tim, I can't really remember what our biggest fight ever was but i know it's been, there's been something else there was one morning we it was when we lived here i think after we moved to michigan there was one morning i woke up early and the kids i don't I, they might not have been up yet or they might have been watching something on tv uh but i really wanted a really good like grilled breakfast sandwich and so i made my like i fried an egg fried some bacon made some toast put my stuff on there like made this awesome sandwich and ate it I didn't make anything for anybody else.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else ask for anything? No, they
1: didn't. Which is why I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do it. Or, they didn't uh,
0: exist in the
3: moment. Yeah, yeah. you don't know.
1: <laughs> but and in a very vision. similar fashion, like what was going on in my mind, like you said, yeah. Matt, I had tunnel vision. Like yeah. I wanted what I wanted, and if somebody else wanted something, all you got to do is ask, and I'll yeah. make it for you. <laughs> but I didn't. I wasn't thinking. You didn't vocalize <laughs> that either. <You> know, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the fact that. People actually appreciate it when you do nice things for them (laughs) and they don't have to ask for it, you know? And so, uh, that actually turned into a pretty bit, I mean, Alicia didn't lose it on me. Mm -hmm. She was, she was very godly and patient and waited for an opportune moment to say that was very selfish, Mm -hmm. what you did by not even asking if anybody else wanted anything Mm -hmm. or just thinking, I want this sandwich, but the kids can have cereal kind of thing, you know? And, uh, that was a conflict that, that happened and there were. I probably didn't respond very well in the midst of it, but that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, The main reason I wanted to ask you guys that is because I think sometimes because we are pastors, people who are part of our church that might be listening to this, are they might think of us if they don't know us very well. (laughs) That's key. If they don't know us very well, they might get the impression that our marriages are perfect, that they're smooth sailing, that there's never any conflict, that we don't struggle with the same issues they're struggling with. And that's not true. Um, So, Spencer, what you said, helpful, there's always some form of conflict, usually. But here's my question. Is conflict in your marriage a bad thing in and of itself? I don't know if I'd use the word bad. I mean, it's inevitable
0: because you have two people Mm. coming together as one. And you're having to go the same direction, you know, you're having Mm -hmm. to... And even if you're trying as hard as you can to go in the same direction, it's still two people. And so you naturally think you're going to get there maybe different ways mm-hmm. or just just living with someone. I mean, if, if, if you've ever lived with a roommate, like in college, in your dorm or whatever, you could be your best friend. But they get on your nerves after a while or... A lot of people move in with their best friend, and they are no longer best <laughs> yeah, friends. <laughs> you know, just, I've seen
1: that happen. <laughs> it's just
0: it's just different way of living, um, and there's nothing... There's nothing wrong with that. It becomes wrong though in how you handle it yeah. and how you deal with it. I think that's really when it becomes wrong. or if it just lingers mm-hmm. yeah. and makes people bitter, you know, and and things like that. That's when there's a problem and you have to work on dealing with it mm-hmm. appropriately. Yeah. Cuz you can learn from conflict. You know, like when you first get married and you're just doing what you normally do, like I don't know, I, I, this isn't necessarily the case for us, but you get up but you don't make your bed. Like you've never made your bed maybe. That just wasn't you just didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But your wife always made the bed. And So she comes home and you she's like you were last in bed, you didn't make the bed. Not a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Big deal to her. Conflict. But now you learn from that as well right mm-hmm. hopefully
3: hopefully. <laughs> hopefully you learn from yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> if i want to make her mad don't make the bed <laughs>
1: yeah. if, you're trying, if you're trying to tell her something without telling her something don't make the bed don't make the bed that's right, <laughs> right? No, what you've learned
0: yeah all right yeah <laughs> oh, gosh. just i mean just little things like that right that you probably have to learn together mm-hmm. you know and and so conflict's going to come up but mm. it creates opportunity to get to know each other better too
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah for sure i I think you're right. Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. If you look at it in a, maybe in a different, like, some people I think are just generally conflict averse. Yeah. Yeah. And if you try to avoid conflict at all costs, what you're going to ultimately avoid are really opportunities for growth, for greater unity Mm -hmm. in your marriage, greater understanding of one another. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times let's just be honest, the, the, the conflict that we are engaging in is because of sin. Mm-hmm. So like when I didn't make a breakfast sandwich for anybody else or even ask anyone else in my family if they wanted one, I was actually sinning. Mm-hmm. Not because I didn't make them a sandwich, but because my heart was selfish. Mm-hmm. That was called selfishness yeah. in that moment. And Alicia, in a godly way, we'll talk about this more, but approaching me, pointing that out to me, that was sanctifying mm-hmm. for me. A lot of times conflicts in our marriages can be opportunities for sanctification and growth. And so conflict isn't necessarily a bad thing when it's handled right and in a godly good way. And I think that's, if we're asking the question, why do we even feel in uh, the ability to talk about this as pastors, you know, in a church? Well, it's because the Bible has something to say about how you should handle conflict yeah. and where conflicts arise from, how they happen. Um, and, uh, and so James chapter four is a passage that comes to mind specifically in verses one through four, and it says this, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? And essentially what he what he does there, he starts off with like, you want to know why you're fighting and why you're quarreling? Well, it's because you have this this desire, this expectation, like we've already used those words. You're not getting it, so what do you resort to? You resort to treating other people badly in some senses to get that. I'll, it's it's interesting how by the end of the, just those four verses right there, James has taken a relational horizontal quarrel that you're having. That you might think of this in horizontal and vertical terms. Hmm. You're having a horizontal conflict with somebody, but it's really because something is wrong horizontally. Hmm. Your desire is actually in line with friendship with the world and that's, it says enmity with God. So the real root issue of this conflict that's happening is not necessarily this other person that you're having to deal with. It's because there's something wrong with your heart. There are sinful desires, sinful motives going on, and when those come out, that leads to conflict. Um, what are some other causes of conflict? We talked about some of them. Sin, like I just said, is uh, what leads to a lot of conflict, but does conflict always necessarily happen because there's sin going on in the relationship
0: no i mean like give your example i was thinking about this when you said i was sinning in this Mm -hmm. i think there's times though it might you're just oblivious not because of selfishness inside of like i'm just gonna make one for myself no just (laughs) just yeah just oblivious just like (laughs) and that's happened before you know and i can't give you an example but just like did you think about doing this for anyone else? And the honest answer is no. <laughs> I mean, not not because I don't like anybody else. I, just, yeah. I actually yeah. no, it never crossed my mind. Like I didn't yeah. think about it. I wouldn't say I was sinning in that instance. I just was ignorant, maybe in that in that instance. So yeah. it's not always a sinful thing. And like I talked about earlier, sometimes it's just two people. Or a group of people. We're talking about it specifically, in marriage, but mm-hmm. two people just trying to live together, mm-hmm. and so it's it's just new, right? It's just
1: mm-hmm. it's just it is what it is. It doesn't have to do with sin. Yeah. There's personality differences. I mean, the idea of like there's a planner and then there's a go with the flow person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that will inevitably inevitably create
0: mm-hmm. conflict. Sure. Yeah,
1: because one person will want something done one way, the other person won't want something done the other way. Yeah, that's not sinful. Mm-hmm. That's just a personality difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if you get two planners together, then that can be big problems, too.
3: If you get two what? Two planners together. You know what I mean? That's why you don't usually have those two together (laughs) oftentimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just background can be personality or background, um, the way you saw conflict handled Mm -hmm. or the way you saw life lived at your home. was not wrong. It was just different. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And and then you're coming with somebody else with a completely different background and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, and you're trying to... To bring this together to form a new family. Yeah, Um, I remember going down south with Amanda. I can't remember if it was soon after
0: our marriage or what, but I like ordered McDonald's. We're down south, order McDonald's. All of a sudden, she's mad at me. I'm like, what? You didn't say, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I'm like, what? You're supposed to say yes, ma'am. Boy, do you want me to offend them? Yeah, and I'm like, why would I say that? I've never said that in my life. Like, that's not I think, that's what you do down here, you know. And there, all of a sudden, there was like this little conflict in the car. It's like I don't I don't know what just happened. The person's probably 15. I just heard a
3: from.
0: I could barely understand what they were saying. Anyways, I mean, honestly, there's times I struggle with that. And I didn't say ma'am, but to her. Like you guys said, growing up, yeah. you did that. Right. And so it was an expectation mm. that you should do that. And right. she assumed I would know that mm-hmm. when we crossed some line down there and <laughs> now you yeah. now you do that. And I didn't know that. And so it that bugged her. Mm. You know, and I'm sure mm. I didn't handle it well either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah, even
2: just like personal preferences. I mean, even in like just how stupid this is, but like furniture or home decorating. Like if you have two people that, you know, one that likes mid modern and one that likes you know, antique mm-hmm. stuff like that don't go together yeah. very
1: well. <laughs> or one of you that doesn't give a flip or yeah. And yeah, the exactly. other one wants you to give a flip. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know? And so it's like, like I want your you input to to on this. I have no input. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. I want you to care. Yeah. I want you to, oh, you don't care now. about how our house looks. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> this, okay. We got to button this up. You guys are going to get in trouble. Okay. We got to button this up. I feel
3: like some pen up things are, Come in, listen, me and
1: Courtney, we just keep it real. Okay? <laughs> we just keep, keep it real. It real Maybe okay? she should be a guest. <laughs> she, she would. She'd keep it real. <laughs> hey, we, 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 hey, we've invited them on before. You have? We've, I've invited. Yeah, we have. We talked about that in the past. Hey, we, we can on on do eight
0: on. microphones. We can eight do that. We can do it.
2: That would be a lot.
0: Yeah. I know one for us was like food, just a difference of what we eat, mm-hmm. You know what she ate as a family, what we yeah. eat as a family. And so then when you get married, you know, obviously, she's gonna cook things that she's so they're all grew up eating with. fried chicken while you're eating spaghetti. Absolutely, night. yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> or like, I actually like to eat a vegetable
1: once in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's not fried. Her does
1: not. I remember the fish fry we went to your house. Like yeah. everything was fried, yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's not her just favorite the, meal. Not just the fish. Awesome. That's her favorite
0: meal. Yeah, it's like. I, I mean, it. again, is that <laughs> sinful? No. Maybe gluttonous, <laughs> <But> <laughs> Maybe.
3: It's
0: a, not it's a celebration, but not sinful. And so, like entering that marriage, honestly realizing that is when I just I started cooking, or like wanting to cook, and it was because, well, you can just sit there and yell at her for not making what you like, but part of it is she doesn't know how to make what you like, or I can't explain it that well, sure, and so. Yeah. Well, I can cook too, you know, and so I'll do it and you yeah. cook and we, now, and so that's been like a learning thing
1: for us that yeah. again, not
0: sinful. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hopeful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, so yeah, well, there's different people, different expectations, different backgrounds. I think too, sometimes we've said this a little, it's a kind of a nuance, but sometimes it's just misunderstandings. Mm. Somebody took something the, the way, like you, you kind of turned my sandwich thing around. Like for me in that instance, it definitely was sinful. <laughs> like I can say that for sure. Yeah. Um, because of some things in my background, but, and other things that we'd already talked about as a couple but yeah it's like it was a simple misunderstanding I didn't mean to offend you by doing that Mm -hmm. you know or like I mean this happens all the time in like maybe text messages Mm -hmm. you can't like convey emotion Mm -hmm. and so like you maybe said something like sometimes it'll be a busy day here like in the office at the church or whatever at least you'll ask me a question I will give a one word answer yes or no and sometimes, to be honest, that gets taken the wrong way. Yeah. I didn't mean it to be taken the wrong yeah. way. I wasn't trying to be short with her. Mm-hmm. I was literally short because mm-hmm. I had a lot going on, yeah. but I didn't want to ignore it. <clears throat> and it's a misunderstanding. Yeah. And that happens. That's okay that those things happen. So it's not always out of sinful actions, mm-hmm. sinful desires or words that conflict arises. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does come from other places. Yeah.
0: I would say overall, maybe them forward a little, I think expectations are the biggest thing that gets fought about in a relationship. And so us talking about how do you deal, how do you deal with that? Right. And so we can look to scripture of the roles of the husband and the wife. And I think it helps with that some, at least this is how I take it. Maybe you guys can talk about, about it personally, but where we see that the husband loves the wife as Christ loves the church and Mm -hmm. willing to sacrifice for her. And so, For me, something I try to think about is if anybody's expectations should not be met, I need it to be willing to be my expectation Mm. that's not met. Mm. I want to meet her expectations, right? I want to honor her, and I want to love her. Now, what I hope is if we have a good enough marriage, she's trying to meet my expectations as well. But I can't necessarily worry about that side of it. I can only worry about mine. Mm. But a couple things then have to come into play. Number one, she needs to let me know her expectations. And so I think that would be a big one to encourage uh, wives.
1: I'll take it a step further. Not only does she need to let you know, maybe you should ask her her yeah. expectations. Give her the opportunity <clears throat> to share those expectations. Mm-hmm. That's called communication. Right? Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. And so really what is what needs to be done here for me to meet your needs and then then we can talk about it because sometimes again just being honest expectations are shared and i have to say that's that's impossible Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or that's extremely unfair if you're wanting me to meet all these expectations i i'm one person i can't meet all these demands and so really talking about that but again i want to meet her expectation. Right. I want to please her. Now I fail in that a lot of times because of selfishness, but I really think that's the key words and I, these unmet expectations. I talk about this with every couple. Our last episode was, I think on marriage was the, we talked about sex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I tell every new couple who comes into my office, I say, what are your expectations? Mm
1: hmm. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Because I guarantee they're different yeah yep <laughs> and it's going to be one of your first fights yeah yeah so let's have it already yeah. like let's have the fight now sure and you might be uncomfortable talking about that you know or whatever other expectation but that's where so many hurt feelings come is because you're thinking mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen. she's thinking this is what's going to happen and then you get there and they're
1: both different and now. Neither are satisfied. Yeah. 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 And we've said this in a previous episode as well. I don't know. I don't know if it was the same one or not, that you're never really going to know what the conflict is or what the challenge is going to be until you're actually in a marriage. Sure. And so one of the most important things, especially for a new couple or a newly married couple or engaged couple is just know there will be unmet expectations and be willing to open lines of communication Mm -hmm. when that happens. So when it happens, just you need to be trained to recognize, I'm probably upset that this didn't happen or that this did happen because I was expecting it but she probably wasn't. And so let's just talk about that. Unfortunately, the longer the pattern stays in a marriage that you don't communicate, that you don't talk about it, it's harder to get that started. Mm -hmm. So couples that may be listening to this that have been married for longer, it might be harder to start up that communication. It might be Different routes that need to happen. But in talking about, and we'll move on after I say this, but I think this is helpful in terms of conflict becoming sinful. I think there's a helpful, uh, progression that happens. This is actually from a book called Resolving Everyday Conflict by Ken Sandy, um, uh, that I thought was helpful. He said the spark of conflict. So when it starts is when different people want different things at this stage, there's no sin. Unless what you want is sinful. But then what happens next in this progression is that the gasoline of conflict is when differences get worse because sinful selfishness and pride drive our reactions. So just because there's a conflict doesn't mean there's sin. But if you respond in a selfish or a prideful way to the situation, sin has entered in. Uh, And then the fire, this is the final progression, the fire of conflict is when we fail to respond properly And allow our sinful desires to continue driving our words and actions to disaster. So the thing, conflict is not necessarily sin, but you can respond sinfully in the midst of conflict. And that is usually when the conflicts we have in any of our relationships get out of control, is when both parties are just responding with sin. So the question then is, how do we resolve conflict when it comes because it will come? you're living with a sinful human being, it will happen. What do you do when it happens? There's a question that's important to ask at the beginning of any conflict, I think, and that is, do I deal with this or is this something I should ignore? Because Scripture does speak, uh, like in Proverbs 19.11 and in 17.14, something to the extent of this is a paraphrase that, uh, you know, that you should just overlook a wrong that is done to you. And that is, you know, rather than hashing out this big thing and making it a big deal, if it's not a big deal, just let it go. Let it go before it turns into this big, fiery inferno of a conflict. Or should you take it in terms of like Matthew 18:15, when it says, if your brother sins against you, go to him and tell him his fault between you and him alone. So that's an instance of you're dealing with conflict. So how do we navigate through these conflicts that are happening should you deal with it or should you let it go? How do you figure that out? I know with me, I first look within
0: to see if this is my my fault. Like is this is just a me a me thing. So there's times where I just expect more from my wife than I would even
1: expect from me. Maybe so, in a situation. So to like, use some terms that maybe we've already used, are you in that moment asking yourself, "Did I misunderstand this? Like, is that what you're talking about?"
0: No, I'm. Sometimes I'm at like. Uh, maybe it's an expectation that wasn't met, right? And so before I talk to her about it, I'm talking to myself about it. Mm-hmm. I'm letting it sit a little bit. And usually the way that goes in my head is a strategy of how to talk about it. How do I need to talk about this to win type of thing, mm. which then eventually gets to me thinking, is this worth winning? Is is this really on me? This is kind of a one-sided fight, and I'm going to make it a two-sided fight, mm. And so a lot of times those things just don't even come out of my mouth then. Like it it had to be something it was something that I needed to deal with. And maybe it is just a what she did was wrong, but I am going to pass over this. But there's this whole conversation within me for however long mm. you know it is that I have to get through to decide you know if it's if it's worth it mm. or not. Mm. Um it's usually how it goes in my in my mind.
3: Mm. Anyways, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I guess a couple things. One thing is is behind all of this, you have to have this. you have to have um, see, grace doesn't come just simply in the whenever conflict happens. Grace is the foundation yeah. and the basis of your marriage now mm-hmm. if you're Christians. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's okay to laugh about conflict because if you've got grace, then you you realize already we're sinners. And so you're willing, grace does an amazing thing in a marriage because it's, uh, it, it sets the whole tone of, of the marriage. It sets the whole tone of your relationship. If Christ and the forgiveness that we're given in him is my whole salvation, then I'm going to be able to deal with conflict. I'm going to be able, first of all, to be a real sinner. One of the things is, is if you don't believe in grace, you're always going to try to deny that you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. or try to hide that some way or make your sins seem less than., yeah. but if Jesus really did die, then we're all really jacked up. And so she's a mess. I'm a mess. We're both sinners here. We both need Christ. I think that if that's the that's got to be behind all of this, if you're going into it and you don't have that that
1: foundation, yeah. um, because the foundation that creates, I mean, that helps you admit that you'd actually did something wrong, right? It creates a an environment of repentance. Well well also, I don't, I live out of that.
3: See, marriage is not like, marriage, I make a promise. I remember, was it J.I. Packer or somebody one time talked about a book about the Puritans, but he said somebody like the Puritans didn't look for somebody they, they loved in order to marry. They looked to somebody they could marry in order to love. And we live out of marriage. I live out of those promises. We in our society flip that and say, I've got to fall in love with you and figure out that I can really live with you Go to long enough so then I can make a promise. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is the Bible's perspective is I make a promise to you and it's unconditional. Mm-hmm. You know, unless there's, of course, nuances mm-hmm. in, of the divorce clauses in the, in the New Testament and the Old Testament as well. But other than that, we're in this for life. And so I, it's, it's already founded upon a promise. Mm-hmm. It's founded upon grace. Mm-hmm. So the promise drives me back to you. It's God's command. It's the promise that we made a long time ago.
1: That I don't have a choice now. I have to resolve this.
3: It's not even. I don't. It doesn't. It well, was, see, that's.
1: I, I was going to push back on that because I've actually growing up, even people in my own family. Yeah. They were married for life because they they believed that divorce was not an option. Right. But they were miserable because right. they were constantly in conflict and it was never resolved. Right. So so how do you as a Christian? Use your understanding of grace and the fact that you are a sinner that you've been forgiven. Right? How do how does that uh, how does that inform the way you deal with conflict with your spouse? I mean, there's not going to be a, so. First of all, I'm not going to be
3: in our conversation today. We're not going to be able to give all the nuances, right? Mm-hmm. Of course so, not. So, so like. Yeah you can't take what we're saying here as like the template and say, that's got to be run roughshod over everybody's marriage. Everybody's unique situation with abuse situations, with infidelity, with abandonment. Those are unique are situations that each of them, the Bible deals with those unique situations. Um, and we have to deal with them when they come. But if we're talking about two people who are committed Christians who are married, which is what I'm going to assume in this, right? Yeah. In this part, that's our scenario. That's our scenario. Um, I think that 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 informs that in the background because I think, I think if all we do is focus on techniques, we're we're substituting techniques for gospel fruit and gospel virtues. Mm-hmm. God doesn't call us; it's not called the, the the techniques of the spirit. It's the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. and those come from union with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So much of these things are are in the background; they're like in the deep background of our thinking now, but they're going to start impacting it. So with me and Courtney, for instance, in our marriage, <laughs> for right or for wrong, and I saw this honestly in, in, um, in my parents' marriage, which was very encouraging to me because I saw a marriage. Okay. I grew up in a pastor's home, but one of the things I saw, I knew I, first of all, I'm, I'm very blessed to know my parents were both Christians committed to the Lord. Second of all, and I never doubted the fact they loved each other. It never entered my mind. But I also saw them, they had conflicts. They still do. Mm -hmm. They're normal. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I saw them deal with it. And one of the ways my parents dealt with it, it was honesty. You know, they could get into arguments. But at the same time, there was also this, (laughs) there was also an ability to laugh about it. If you can't laugh about it, grace, allows you to laugh about stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't laugh about it, it's because you you don't really think it's actually going to be okay. Because you're going to be carrying this all on your own shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so I, I live with my wife now, um, within a context of grace, and she preaches the gospel to me. I have to tell remind her of that of of the truth of the gospel when conflicts arise. Um, you know, we'll argue, but then also. I think we both realize at the back of our mind we made a promise almost eleven years ago that we're gonna we we have to yeah. we've got three kids we made a promise before God we yeah. I have no choice.
1: Yeah, some of the value I see in what you're saying there is if you if that's the the approach you're taking and we've talked about that the the permanency of marriage when we talked about the one flesh yeah. in Scripture like yeah you've made a promise this isn't something you just get out of because you don't right. want to be friends anymore right you're in this and that's that's what this is and so that tells you and that informs me. I don't have a choice to not work through this. Right. Like I'm in this, I've decided, I've I've promised that I will love this woman or I will love this mm-hmm. man, and so I'm going to find a way to work through this. And I like what you brought up about finding techniques. In scripture, you will find certain instances and situations yeah. where you might emulate that. Sure. You might do what this is doing. Sure. But I would say this, there's there's no end to Books that people would walk by in the supermarket or in a bookstore, if bookstores still exist, <laughs> that, <clears throat> that would say, how to, here's how you have a perfect marriage. Right, yeah. Here's how you have a conflict free marriage. I would tell anybody listening to this, you should be very suspicious mm-hmm, yeah. of something that says that. Because it's ultimately not about techniques. You're right. If a person doesn't have their grounding in the fact that they are a forgiven sinner by God, they're not probably going to be able to ha- handle <laughs> conflict very well. Mm-hmm. But if you do understand who you are in terms of, I am a sinner, and you've confessed the fact that you are a sinner, but you've also seen the grace of God offered to you freely, though you don't deserve it, that changes your ability to be able to offer that same grace and forgiveness to someone else, Mm -hmm. even when they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And it changes your ability to admit in the midst of conflict in your marriage Wait a minute. I am a sinner. It is possible that I could be wrong here in this scenario. Right.
3: And also, we're about the the way the gospel works is right. It's not that I change my behaviors in order to change my heart. God changes my heart Mm -hmm. because my behaviors are simply a fruit and a reflection of what's in my heart. Sure. And so the same thing with the fruit. It's about (laughs) dealing with those heart things. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean that techniques can't be helpful. It doesn't mean that they can't be useful um, in a marriage. But I think at the I think I just we need to get these things in our deep background. I think also the gospel teaches us another thing. The gospel teaches us is don't be surprised when sin happens. Hmm. I think that to me, like I guess that's one of the things too. I would love to you know if you talk to people who are married and they're struggling or they're going through this or going through that. Well, it's like what were you expecting? Yeah,
1: did you really? Yeah,
3: I (laughs) I mean, really, what did you expect? It was gonna? Did you expect this to be a bed of roses? I mean, but I, I would say to answer
0: your question, you talked about like family members who are just miserable. I have a problem with that. I I I mean, I don't know the nuances of it, and maybe you don't either, but there's a problem there where they're either not Christian,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they're just saying they are, mm. or one of them isn't willing to move and forgive, which then is a problem. Because yeah. as Christians, we don't live that way with yeah. anybody. Yeah. Right. I do think there are times in our lives where I don't have to be friends with everybody. Sure. right? Sure. And there's people I'm just not going to get along with for personality reasons or whatever. And even if they're in my church, it doesn't mean we have to get together all the time and mm-hmm. hang out. But when you're married to somebody that's a different story. And so I would honestly first look to the husband and be like what are what are you doing to solve this? What are you yeah. doing to fix it? like mm. there's yeah. problems here and if mm. they're going to push back, then I would start to really question their faith. Yeah. Just in general. Mm. And yeah. say, "Well, we have a deeper problem here cuz you're not willing to to work
1: on this." Yeah. yeah. And that's that you're able to get to that point because of what Spencer said. That right. We don't change our behaviors and then God accepts mm-hmm. us. We have a new heart. Yeah. And that that internally changes us. And, and that, that's what enables us to repent. And so if a yeah. person dealing with conflict seems completely unwilling to admit mm. wrong, completely mm. unwilling to repent, completely unwilling to change, well then the conversation changes from the yep. conflict to, hey, I'm brother, I'm concerned that you. Might not actually mm. have the Holy Spirit inside of you and that you don't understand, like, that you're, that you have sinned, that you right. need to repent of. Then the conversation changes right. to a different, yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, you know, I, I referenced uh Matthew 18. That's exactly where it goes. Yeah. yeah. If your brother sins against you, you go to him, tell him his fault. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. What happens if he doesn't? Yeah. Well, then this needs to change because they're unwilling to admit sin, they're unwilling to repent. And so then the conversation changes to, hey, I'm it's it's not about the conflict anymore. I'm just worried about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's have that conversation. You're right. Mm-hmm. There's something deeper wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's beyond and it definitely yeah. was. The, mm-hmm. the I'm
0: not the. sure fully either, Spencer. Maybe you can explain to me better if we're <clears throat> pro techniques or against techniques after what was being said. I mean, I think techniques can be helpful. I mean I I think your personality tends to not do techniques really That's in true. anything. Which I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm
3: I it, like you anti, said. I, what what anti pragmatic? <laughs> well, no, what no, I mean by that is you said
0: you're not like a planner and stuff. You're right. more a goalful, and I I can I'm more
3: like I'm that like too. that's the, and I know that's part of that's my personality. I know that some people like whenever they read books like that, that's very helpful and encouraging to. Like them. some couples might say, every Friday we sit down at this time, right, and we talk
0: about conflicts that we have, and we're not saying that that's a bad thing. No, like that's a technique no. thing yeah, or. Yeah. There's like a hunting podcast I listen to, and they talk about how they do it with their spouse. Right. They actually, like they, a conflict arises about the dishwasher, and they actually ask this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a deal is this to you? Mm. And they're supposed to be completely honest with each other because if it's always a 10, this isn't going to work Yeah. <laughs> but when the husband's right. like, it's a 2 to me, right. and the wife's like, it's a 6 to me, right. they go with the wife's. Right. Now, that's a technique right. that maybe for some couples is fine right. and sure. are you good so we're not and i guess that, i think
3: right? i think everybody's got a technique of sorts right yeah the key is is that you're not thinking that one technique right. is the law of god right. I just exactly. to, clarify. I just to clarify. yeah yeah, right. yeah. correct right. so i mean yeah. if that works for you guys That's go for think. it yeah but behind but the key thing we are driving for is christian virtues mm-hmm. that yeah. are produced by the spirit of god yeah. and how you express that in your marriage is going to be customizable yeah yeah absolutely right.
1: and and we'll, My, what I said, I said, I'm suspicious of those books that would come to your marriage and offer you those techniques because I I don't want someone to go to that book and say that this is what's going to fix my marriage. We don't know what their foundation is. Right. As as
0: Christians, our cornerstone, our foundation is Christ, Mm -hmm. right? And God's word. That's what our foundation is. And with these books out there, we don't know what their foundation is. And sadly, even if it says it's in the religion section, we don't really know what that means because they could be coming from a works-based righteousness thing to where my wife needs to earn my love they they need to continue to earn the promise that i
1: made to them you know and so we just have to be careful with all literature really in general Mm -hmm. yeah so techniques are good but that doesn't mean that each technique would work well in each marriage like there's like sitting down what is this on a scale of one to ten to you that might not work well, but there right. might be some other technique that a couple mm-hmm. finds specifically right. helpful. And like you find arm that wrestling. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. Not, I
3: mean, arm wrestling, sure.
1: something <laughs> like that. I mean, might work. Hopefully, great. you're not married to a bodybuilder. But <laughs> you find this out. You find
0: this out as you start to do stuff with other couples. Yeah, like little things, and then you go home with your wife, and you're like, "Do you see?" Did you see how they handled? It? Yeah, that was weird. You know, it's like, well, for them it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. For them, it's what they just do. do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For them, it works. You know, and this whole communication thing—I know we're—we're going to wrap it up here. We're just talking about communication with conflict. That's a small part of communication. Yeah, I mean, we 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 need to talk about probably communication of encouragement, mm-hmm. just regular communication because it's all. It's all vastly different within a marriage, and it's hard to say what is what is the best. You know, Amanda and I, we don't sit there and text all the time. I don't get texts from her during work. I don't get these random phone calls all the time. And but I know a lot of couples they do. You know, yeah. and for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, can you stop texting each other all the time? Like, that is, enough is enough.
3: Enough but, is enough.
0: <laughs> but it's a communication thing, right? Yeah. And um, some people though. You know would look and say well if you and amanda would do that you know your relationship would just be yeah. way better and sure. it's like i don't know if that's true because we're we're different like mm-hmm, how we yeah. function is different than how sure. you yeah. how yeah. you function
1: so yeah we're talking we do need to keep moving here but as we're thinking of techniques i think it is interesting like this scripture does give a couple of specific techniques hmm. as you take passages and apply them hmm. to a situation so i just want to look at a couple of those right now when you're in the midst of conflict how do you resolve it how do you work through it In Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 5, Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount. He says, and this is a famous passage, Judge not that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, Jesus' point in saying that is to point out to you the fact that if you're trying to, to judge other people, if you're trying to point out the sin of other people, yet you can't see the own sin in your life, you're a hypocrite. Hmm. So step number one when you're trying to resolve conflict is you need to to internally ask yourself, what have I done wrong?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where am I wrong?" in the midst of this conflict that would be i think a direct application of some of what jesus talking here Mm -hmm. is step one in
0: that i think people need to know this passage does not say don't judge people true i've heard this used to say Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to judge me Mm -hmm. it's telling us Mm -hmm. to judge people the right way Mm -hmm. which is first judging ourselves because we are called to judge people even as christians within a church As we build each other up and encourage each other and do these things, that's part of our task as a Christian is to judge each other and hold each other accountable the right way. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in a marriage. Mm -hmm.
1: We are to hold each other accountable. The the end result of his illustration of the log and the eye, it says, take the log out of your eye so that you can take the speck. Exactly. And so like, it's not, don't ever point out each other's faults. Mm -hmm. It's. Be willing to deal with your own faults Mm -hmm. so that you can help each other with your other faults. And so I've heard this phrase used before when you're dealing with conflict. Even if only 2% of the conflict is your fault, own that 2%, 100%. -hmm. And you be concerned about repenting of that, if it's sinful, changing that, if it's causing them stress or whatever else is going on. But humility, going at it with humility, you might say that's a... That's a biblical tactic of like how you're, uh, you know, you're supposed to handle this. Another passage that's really helpful, and I'm just blitzing through this because I know we've been going for a while, but another passage that's helpful is James chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. Again, this is something that we've heard before, but we need to apply it to our lives. And it says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The idea there of, I mean, imagine yourself, your wife is coming to you, telling you something that she's concerned about or that offended her earlier. Let's just assume she's handling it rightly. She's approaching you rightly. What should you do there? Well, that that passage is giving you some pretty good parameters. You need to listen, be quick to hear. You need to listen for a long time. Let her finish. Don't interrupt. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, and be slow to anger. If they're telling you, that's that's so easy. When you're hearing somebody else tell you something wrong about you, your normal reaction is probably to get angry and get frustrated. You're defensive. You're thinking, well, what about you? And you did this. (laughs) But just take what James said for a second. Because the end result of that, your anger is not going to produce the righteousness of God Mm -hmm. that would resolve this conflict. And so thinking through that of of how are you actually listening to critique come, are you willing to listen to it? Are you willing to let the other person talk? Are you willing to think about it and actually internalize what they're saying before you just start saying stuff? Those are things that I think Mm -hmm. that would help probably ninety percent of conflicts that happen in yeah, a marriage. Yeah, Courtney would do great to, to listen to this part. <laughs> I'll, just, like, I'll, I'll record the minute. <laughs> That's helpful. Uh, yeah. Um, but here's here's the question. So those are maybe some what we would quote unquote techniques. What about this though? What what about when your spouse won't listen and they won't they this you're doing Let's assume that you're approaching it correctly. You're coming humbly. You've looked at the log in your own eye. You're trying to be gracious with them. You've let this go several times, but it keeps happening and it is actually sin in their life. But every time you come to them, it's not, they're not responding well. Yeah. What do you do? I would say I haven't had
0: this fully in my marriage, I think Amanda does listen. She's better than me. Oh, yeah. I'm, and all that. same for me. I'm and not so, talking out of experience. Yeah. Here. Maybe, I mean, maybe some things that like I carry frustration with that I don't feel are fully resolved. And I just, there probably are times I wonder, does she really hear? Um, but I guess I would think of this like in terms of, again, I would think of this in terms of someone maybe who married a non Christian. Yeah. And, uh, I think really what they have to do in that situation is prayer. I think prayer has to be a big part of it and handle their side of stuff. So they're probably going to have to do more introspection a lot where making sure they're not sinning, making sure they're staying true to Scripture and praying that God would soften the heart of their spouse. Uh, Because, again, you can bring to the table all this Scripture. Mm Mm-hmm to a non-Christian and really lay it out perfectly like a technique you know you might you might try some technique to win your spouse over to the Lord that isn't going to mean anything necessarily right God has to soften their heart God has to change their mind and maybe it's even a marriage that is two Christians and I would say in this case one is backsliding if they're not willing to listen if they're not willing to change um, I would call them a backsliding Christian mm. and so for the other person, again, a lot of prayer, patience, maybe some suffering is going to be involved in that, yeah. where things are happening that are sinful against you. Um, I'm not talking about like being beat and stuff oh, like that. Yeah, I but, was going to give that caveat.
1: We're not talking about yeah, somebody who's being abused, here. right? Yeah. That's um,
0: <laughs> but I, I think that's going to be a season there, cool. and I don't know how long that season would be. Uh, but really, just by prayer, a lot of it, yeah. um, and seeking God's face. To change to change the situation because in the end he's the one who's going to have to change that situation yeah. of that person's yeah. heart. You yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. So yeah, Tim, go
2: ahead. I agree. It does start with <coughs> prayer. Uh, I think something else that would be really helpful is for that for the person in that relationship to find other couples that are very experienced in whatever that problem is. Um, I mean, just talking about unwillingness to resolve. Like, uh, uh, nothing's really coming to my head, but like, say the dishes. I know I, as small as that sounds, <clears throat> uh, but you could find a couple that actually does that really well, that, you know, does it for each other, uh, in a loving way. Who you know submits, they're submitting to each other, and you are the best dishwasher I've doing ever. those things, yeah, yeah, as stupid <laughs> as that sounds. But then spending time like making not making meetings like you sure. know, officially or mm-hmm. you know, formal or, or whatnot, sure. But, but you're
0: assuming even there that your spouse will go to that meeting, you know what I mean? I sure, but I, I think mean, I
2: wouldn't even call it a meeting, it just means dinner just, with them.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean again, I think you're assuming that they'd be willing to do that. And yeah. I'm I'm thinking of a case where that that's not even yeah. an option. I
1: think the, yeah. you know, what you guys said of me going and specifically praying about this, I think that again goes back to our understanding of grace in our lives. Yeah. If if this is not being resolved, I think you need first of all understand do you think that you even have the power to change their heart? Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. Only God has that power. Yeah, and sure. And so if if there's conflict going on and it doesn't seem to be working, you know, quote unquote, working what you're trying to do. Is it because you're putting your trust in a technique or is it because you're putting your trust in God to change their mm-hmm. heart yeah. to repent of something that ultimately, if they're living in unrepentant sin, I mean, there could be all kinds of things we're talking mm-hmm. about, but not, it's not just your marriage that's at stake there. It's their soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you need to, you need to think about it in terms like that. There's something that you said, Tim, that goes along with this passage that I already had written out in Romans 12, 17 through 21. Paul says this, he says, "'Repay no one evil for evil, "'but give thought to do what is honorable "'in the sight of all. "'If possible, so far as it depends on you, "'live peaceably with all. "'Beloved, never avenge yourselves, "'but leave it to the wrath of God, "'for it is written, "'Vengeance is mine, I will repay,' says the Lord. "'To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. "'If he's thirsty, give him something to drink.'" For by so doing, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's just the example of our savior of what Jesus did, Mm -hmm. suffering evil, yet giving good in return. So, I mean, it might be the case if they're not willing to repent of something, if they're not willing to change, and this is obviously not an abusive situation or damaging situation, then that you just have to trust God. In that yeah. in that moment, I mean, that's hard to say, and we have to again give the caveat that like, there's a lot of situations where that's not the advice I would give. But and, and also, no,
3: I, I I think um, you know, about willing to resolve conflicts, I've I've been really blessed because Courtney, I make jokes about her, but she's really good about this, wanting to resolve things, and and I love her a lot. She's um, awesome um, in this way. Uh, also, sometimes too, we've talked before about conflicts that are um, that are not sinful. And that can, I think, also, unable to resolve certain conflicts. Some things in your marriage may be (laughs) longstanding discussions and disagreements, and they may not be necessarily by themselves sinful. Um, And so along with prayer and patience and also maintaining Christian friendships or relations with people in the church... um, Perhaps also just I don't know. Every situation is different, but some people too will just be really dogged about the other person needs to be willing to resolve this, and you just keep bringing it up. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to let a let it lie for a while. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's every situation. Sure. That's just some. But I just think. Um, but also, I, we also want to do what we can to resolve. We don't want tension. We don't want to live like that in our marriage. But also, there also is a difference between that and also understanding that we're still different people yeah. with unique angles on things, and uh, and uh, part of part of love also is loving people despite who they are, um, not because of who they are.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: um, so that, but that doesn't that doesn't excuse sin. I'm not
1: trying to say that either. Um, but it, it it doesn't excuse sin. But it acknowledges your limited power to change a yeah. person. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. You
1: yeah. know. Right. So you, you can't excuse it, but you also can't change them. And yeah. to think that your continued, sometimes nagging or pestering, right. at this or trying over and over and over again is going to change something. It might not. There's uh, and Jesus even addresses that like very well. At least in Matthew, right after he gives this. The parable about taking the log out of your eye, he says, do not give to dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Just call your wife a pig? No. Oh. No. I just
0: wondered. <laughs> no. I didn't know where this was going. I was about to say something to <laughs> get myself in a lot of trouble. <laughs> She's not a pig. Okay. Um,
1: but, uh, Sorry. but the idea there, you've heard, we, we, we've heard the phrase, don't cast pearls before swine. That's where that comes from. Yep. Don't, the, and the idea is, if they're not going to listen to you, just stop bringing it up. Yeah. You know, you, you can't yeah. keep doing that because what he says, they're going to turn and they're going to attack you. And so there comes a point where you have to say, God says vengeance is his. If this person is wronging me, they're treating me badly, right. I'm leaving this up to the Lord. I've tried what I can. I'm going to live at peace with them so far as it depends on me, but I can't change their heart. Mm-hmm. God, would you do it, please?
0: A story keeps coming to my mind that Alistair Begg shared at a conference. Now, this is a conference for pastors, and it's talking about a pastor's relationship with the church. And to be honest, I mean, I'm not, I hope I'm not sign, sounding whiny here. I don't mean to. MMBC is very good to us as pastors, so don't please take this way. But a lot of times in the pastor-church relationship, a pastor can feel unloved. You just don't You just don't get all that interaction all the time that is good. You get to hear a lot of negative and a lot of bad. And so he gave an example, and I think it's fitting for this. He talked about how for his wife, he bought 900 bulbs of flowers. That's what he did. And he went out and he planted them, and he planted all 900. But he said how every day he would look out, and they weren't up. They weren't up. They weren't up, you know, and... He felt he was doing his part of what he should do. And he said, you know, it gets to the point, I want to go outside and look at the ground and say, you stupid things grow. Come out of the ground and grow. Why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? I've loved you. I've put you into the ground. Why won't you grow? And again, he's saying this as pastors, you know, preaching to people wondering, why aren't you growing in your faith? And you can just yell at them over and over and over again. But the problem with the flowers, that doesn't help them at all. It doesn't help them grow one bit. No. But what does help them is one is you trust that God is going to make them grow. God is the one who has to bring them grow. You can water them like you're supposed to. You can fertilize them. You can make sure the soil is exactly what needs to be, the best of your abilities. And that's what we try to do as pastors. But in the end, God has to make that flower grow. And it's the same, I would say, in our relationships when coming with conflict. I can sit here and yell. I can get frustrated. I can do all these things. It is not going to help for Mm -hmm. one second. Yeah. But I can also pray. I can try to make sure the soil's right. I can be kind. I can be generous to Mm -hmm. my spouse. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I have to trust in God's providence Mm -hmm. and God's grace to work out in their life whatever the issue is. Yeah. And I have to see it as that way. I know for me as a pastor, that brings comfort. It's not on me to make them grow. Mm-hmm. God's going to do that. I just need to love them well. Regardless if they love me back, I need to love them well. And I would say the same with my spouse. Mm-hmm. I need to love her well, regardless if she loves me back, even in the midst of conflict. If I'm not loving her well, that's on me. I mm-hmm. got to fix that. Yeah. But I can't force her to love me well. Yeah. Right. I got to trust that
3: God will work in her heart in that. Yeah. It's good. All right, well, good conversation, guys. Um, good communication. <laughs> Amongst us, we by were, the way, that, nailed was, it. that was just outstanding. I, did, <laughs> uh, I just felt something in the room. You did? Yeah. It's it was, called cold. Yeah, it's oh. freezing. <laughs> My head's not freezing. We uh, right as, we as we were bringing this together. So, um, Thank you so much for listening to this. We hope it's been encouraging, and uh, we hope we've communicated to you uh, what we were trying to say today. Um, so, yeah, catch us next time, and we look forward to hearing from you and being with you next time. Take care. God bless.